let's do some exploring. Our topic is compassionate capitalism, not ordinary capitalism, the compassionate kind. Does that sound like utopia? Strictly woo? Is it even possible? Let's dig in. Today, let's uncover the definition of compassionate capitalism. A few years ago, when I first started thinking about this topic, I heard the phrase compassionate prosperity, and I liked the sound of that. To my ear, it had a nice ring to it, yet a definition didn't exist. Well, at least Professor Google and Mr. Wikipedia had not logged one yet. And to be honest, the term compassionate prosperity originated in the world of woo. Yes, a brilliant light worker came up with it. So that's kind of cool, eh? As I say, I love the sound of it and embrace it as my own. Except no one had any idea what I was talking about. And I spent more time arguing away from abundance, mindset, and what prosperity was as opposed to discussing a positive way of building wealth and conducting business. And one day, feeling a bit frustrated, I had a thought. Does compassionate capitalism exist? So that's the story of how I found compassionate capitalism. And from everything that I see, it's still a fairly new phrase. And like all solid ideas, it's not new. It might be new to you and me, but someone else already dreamed it up. So we, you and me, are going to do what all smart people do with solid ideas. We'll explore the idea, we'll turn it upside down a few times, and then we'll put our own spin on it. For me, compassionate capitalism is not heart-centered anything. So when you hear the term heart-centered, know that it is more of a marketing mantra. As a matter of fact, heart-centeredness is a state of peace in which life is aligned. It is when the choices we make line up with our values and our deepest desires. So that sounds a little kind of out there, doesn't it? And I will admit, I know people who are close to that kind of nirvana, so I am in no way knocking anything heart-centered. The biggest shortcoming I see in a heart-centered world is that your core values and deepest desires, and my core values and deepest desires, hey, they're different. And there's no mention of what core specific values or deep desires are the important ones. So how can we come to any kind of an agreement or compromise if millions of us have different values and desires? It's impossible, right? That's why frameworks were invented. So in very broad terms, the framework of compassionate capitalism falls along four main lines. Number one, humans and companies account for the costs that they impose on the environment, in their neighborhoods, and on the communities that lie in the vicinity of their factories, plants, and as well as their offices and homes. Number two, humans and companies treat their family, friends, neighbors, and employees with a very healthy serving of respect and kindness. Number three, humans and companies hold themselves accountable to their families, their friends, their neighbors, their consumers, their clients, and all their local and global stakeholders in addition to the usual shareholders. And number four, humans and companies deliver a fabulous needed offering to the communities they serve in a safe manner 
at an acceptable profit level. In other words, we practice a variety of capitalism that is more humane, compassionate, just, and fair. And before you think that I am totally crazy and gone off the complete deep end, let me confess right now, I like profit. No, I love profit. I love wealth. I love money. I love having it. And I absolutely adore helping others make it, helping others discover new ways that they can bring more wealth into their lives. I have absolutely no problem with charging a price that is in line with the value provided. I think everyone deserves to make every dollar of profit they can in any legal manner that they can do so. The more, the merrier. I have just one caveat. We do not earn any profit or wealth or cash or money at the expense of someone else. Have you ever heard about Lundy Bancroft's quote? Abuse doesn't come from people's inability to resolve conflicts. Abuse comes from one person's decision to claim a higher status over another. For me in my world, all humans are equal. Nobody is better. Nobody is worse. Now, maybe you've heard about conscious capitalism. Conscious capitalism is definitely growing legs and is the backbone of the classic companies known as certified B Corps. Conscious capitalism is the integration of three main beliefs. Pro-capitalism and systems improvement, personal and business advancement, and social and environmental impact. So with conscious capitalism, there are four pillars guiding a business for conducting socially responsible and ethical practices. Purpose, stakeholder, culture, and leadership. So in theory, when we operate with a higher purpose, with stakeholder orientation, with conscious leadership, and a conscious culture, we automatically elevate humanity through business. And don't get me wrong, this sounds good, it can do good, and it has done good. But it misses at least one key variable that compassionate capitalism has. Closing the wage gap. And that, to my mind, is the most significant and impactful variant between the two types of new capitalism models. Halting the constantly increasing pay for those at the top of the organizational hierarchy and leaving those down the ladder high and dry. See, compassionate capitalism seeks to not only drive a mindset change, but also drive a movement away from the dominant philosophies we seem to think can't be changed, like the wage gap issue like polluting the environment and then refusing to pay for the cleanup, like allowing a compromise between quality and safety for products and goods and services, like avoiding full transparency in all dealings with regulators, stakeholders, and government agencies. Let's just take a quick look at a real-life, very simple example. Cars, trains, and airplanes forever changed the way we look at oil. Digging for oil has raped and ruined the earth. And for now, I am going to ignore the cost of cleanup needed from all that ruin and the cost of human lives to process that oil and then live with the after effects. 
The incessant use of oil and oil products fed the rapid increase in permanent pollution and holes in the ozone. I think we can all agree on that. Right now, we are investigating alternatives to oil. Now, here's the problem with finding an alternative to oil. You know very well that every action has a reaction, and every alternative will have some negative side effects. Some we know about today, others we'll eventually find out later. But there will be a different impact on the environment. If we really want to get serious about extending the life of the planet, shouldn't we also be looking closely at the way we live? Is it really necessary to continue to indulge in cars, trains, and airplanes? That statement is heresy for lots of people. I get it. Supporters of compassionate capitalism make a case for not externalizing the environmental and ecological damages that corporations cause. Instead, those damages are treated as part of the internal cost to the price of doing business. Kind of like the old days in retail, where in the crystal and the china sections, the sign always said, you break it, you pay for it. So gee, that worked with the consumers way back then. Why the hell can't it want not work for businesses that muck up the environment? Who says it won't work for those of us humans who still crave extravagant lifestyles? Every action has a reaction. Well, let me ask you a question. We all love to take that candy, right? Why should we also not be prepared to also take the poison? Supporters of compassionate capitalism also call for a significant reduction in the gap between executive pay and the pay for rank-and-file employees. Why? Because it gives a sense of justice and fairness to everybody. See, compassionate capitalism not only needs a complete rethink of the existing framework of profit before people, it also needs a retooling of the principles underpinning it to place people before profit. And here is the fundamental nub. We got to knock the profit piece off its first place perch. Purpose and people need to come first. Profit comes in second. Because unless we change our thinking for the better, unless we change direction and re-engineer our modes of doing business, unless we rethink our lifestyles, it is highly unlikely we will survive as a species. Unless we change, the viability of humankind is in danger. Unless we change, the world is doomed. Yeah, that's how bad it has become. And saving the world is a massive undertaking. No one person can accomplish this alone. What I do know, though, is when we humans are given the right information, we act. And one way of acting is my personal mantra, change your thinking for the better. You and I, we are on a quest to discover together how to change our thinking for the better as we understand compassionate capitalism. This is not about assigning blame, nor is it about taking one piece and then beating it to death. It's about changing our thinking for something better. 
And that something better is in the highest good for all. Now, we both know clear-cut black and white choices do not exist. There are always compromises to be made. This is a reality. Yet here's the thing. As long as we are focused on arriving at something that is in the highest good for all, you and I both know that the majority of humans can, in fact, get behind it. I can't wait to continue our quest next week.